Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Gabagool, a Sopranos podcast. I say, as a single tear rolls down my cheek, my name is Ben Vanell, and joining me is a man who's never cried, Adam Knox. Incapable of it, physically. Want to, all the time, but uh, my biology doesn't allow it. Uh, Was that from this episode? Did a single tear roll down someone's cheek? Oh, Anthony's. yes. Yes, Anthony's. It very Anthony quickly Junior's. shows up now that I'm remembering it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. One of those uh, great p- child performances where you can really tell he doesn't know how to pretend to cry and they just dropped a bit of water <laughs> on his face. Yeah, the acting credit, Anthony Soprano Jr. was portrayed by whatever that actor's name is and the props department in this particular yes. episode. Yeah, this episode, uh, episode seven of season one, down neck, uh, which I don't understand. Maybe by the time we've talked through the episode, we will. Well, I think it might just be something to do with because uh, the wine goes down his neck early <laughs> That's on. That's true. That's true. Is down neck like a thing that they say about drinking? Let's see. Down neck. Is uh, it just what a, what like a goose's neck is called if they've got soft feathers there? All the... Um, Suggestions from Google are actually about breathing down someone's neck. I'm going to put quote marks around. Tony's got people breathing down his neck here. Absolutely he does. Maybe that's what it means. Yeah, okay. And then maybe... I think it's the wine thing, because we open up um, this episode on uh, Anthony Jr. and a couple of little shits that he's friends with at school. They're breaking into, like, the enormous school chapel... um, and they're stealing some of the sacramental wine. Anthony says, here, take a swig. Don't backwash. And I hadn't heard the word. I don't know if it's because I'm not a child anymore. So the term backwash doesn't come up that often because you're not sharing drinks really. in this. Yep. And But I think that just might be an outdated term. I think yeah. that kids in the 90s and 2000s were obsessed with backwash. Don't get any of trace elements of your saliva in a drink that I'm going to share with you or it- else. Even if you drank your own drink, I don't think I backwashed. I just want to no. lay that out there now. But it's like kid- mouth breathing, right? It's right. Like you got to be kind of dumb to be doing it. But I don't know. It's maybe just partly something to do with a drink. Because even if a kid was drinking mm. their own drink, people would point at them and go, "You just backwashed." Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so yeah. fucking what? I can spit in this drink if I want. <laughs> I actually prefer it that yeah. way. I should be yeah. allowed to piss into this. Like, I'm trying to survive in the desert and then drink mm-hmm. it again. This is my drink and this is America. 
<laughs> Piss is sterile. It's good. Yeah. It tastes delicious. <laughs> yeah. You get the benefits of it being a sterile liquid and it's delicious to drink. What it's more the best you drink want? in the world. <laughs> it's incredible. It's the original kombucha. Uh they all they're sneaking into this tra- chapel here. It's fucking huge. Uh and it's a school it chapel. It is, yeah. Well, it seems like the mafia has funded a lot of this school's uh, expansion, right? Because it sounds like Tony's been giving them a bit of uh, donation. Tony and Carmella talk about the money they're paying a number of times during this episode. Uh, Part of that money is going towards a gym class, which the kids go to after getting drunk and they are struggling to do push-ups. In a hilarious way. Very, very... uh, Not realistic, but funny, (laughs) I thought. Uh, I think it's realistic... To the experience of getting drunk the first time when you were too young and kind of overplaying it. Because I remember running around in a backyard and falling over. And it's like, well, that wasn't the... (laughs) That was because we were like 15 and it was too early. Yeah, okay. Good. Yep. Good analysis. I'm with you on this. (laughs) So the things of doing something wrong as a kid, I'll be able to analyze those bits specifically. Yeah, you got backwash. You got being drunk at the at fifteen. Uh-huh. You want to talk about uh, I don't know, shitting yourself. I never shat myself as a kid. Uh, I did as a very young kid, but not as a teenager. I, I didn't was like even five as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I never cried. I never shit. Nothing has ever come out of my body. <laughs> well, Jesus. Yeah, that's uh, that's troubling. Even the air that's coming out of my mouth to make these these sentences, you can't see it obviously because this is a podcast. But my mouth is shut. This is ventriloquism. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand how you do it. You're full of shit, which I already knew, <laughs> and carbon dioxide. Hey, hey. hey. Um, so later, uh, well, at the same time, uh, Tony is uh, meeting up with Chris at this like work site that the mafia is doing some mafia union shit with. They're blocking the construction. Chris exactly. Is- yeah. yeah, they haven't paid their dues. Nah. And so Chris is there kind of, you know, being a pain in the ass for them and stopping them from working, a pretend safety inspector or whatever. Mm. And they intimidate the guy kind of into like, okay, we'll fucking pay you. Just let us get back to work here. This is ridiculous. Uh, and Chris hates the that, that particular job. Yeah, yeah. He feels like he's just sort of sitting around. He's not getting any action. Yeah. I'm not quite sure because it doesn't really pertain to much else going on in the story. I don't know if this is something that will come up in a later episode or if it's just Mm. sort of put in there to establish Tony in this particular episode as like, by the way, he's in the mob and he's always doing crime stuff. I think... Uh, I think I was thinking about this more than maybe the episode wanted me to, but I see Chris as a, a, a surrogate son to Tony. I mean, sure. we both do. We've talked about that before. Um, yeah. And the episode is all about Tony as a father and as a son, so maybe it's just to remind you, like, this is another guy that Tony cares for as okay. a father figure. And when the floodgates are open to uh, him being able to interact with crime and a son figure... Mm. He mm. will do that with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it's good. They work together as a team. This scene goes well, but he also like keeps Chris under control a little bit as well. Like he does yeah. provide guidance. Because Chris is kind of acting out. He's like, this is bullshit. I don't want to do this. He's like, this is important. Shut the fuck up and do your job. So, okay, that makes a lot of sense to me. That that this is if Tony is allowed to, you know, be a father figure to someone and also allowed to be open with them about what he does mm. and where his real morality is, then this is the direction he will go in. That makes sense. Because, yeah, yeah, like you say, this episode is conflict about how Tony sees himself as a father. 
Yeah, and I just did some Googling before when we were talking about the title of the episode, and I got a result for um, albatross as a metaphor. It's referenced, um, the Wikipedia references this episode, the title of this episode, um, and I don't know if this is, yeah, it's meant to tie in somehow, but having an albatross around your neck is having a burden. Yeah, you're having a psychological burden. I don't know if it's meant to tie in literally because, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't know. I don't know what now neck means, but maybe huh. that's something to do with that. Maybe albatrosses have soft feathers on their neck. I've, I wouldn't know. I haven't seen an albatross ever, and I've been trying for years, <laughs> and I can't find one. It's like my, uh, you know, thing I want to get but can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, if only, if only there was a word for it. I don't know if I don't know genuinely if that ties in. Like it, I think someone in the episode references that metaphor. But yeah, it's the closest I can get to figure out what down neck means. That makes sense. Hmm. Um, Tony and Carmela get called into the school. Mm-hmm. They're in the uh, some office, I guess. The I don't know if this guy's the principal. He's got a priest collar on, and he's talking about how Anthony broke in, and you know. Fucked with God as well as the wine. Because mm-hmm. they're like, all right, we'll replace the wine. He's like, it's not just theft. This is... It's sin. Yeah, exactly. And then the school counselor is there and he is telling them about how he thinks Anthony, who he's been kind of keeping an eye on for a bit, mm. could potentially maybe be showing signs of what the 90s calls just ADD. There's no H in there. It's yes. just back in the ADD days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, as opposed which- to the Nike. ADD day. <laughs> Good. Um, I, yeah, this becomes like sort of one of the dominant plot lines of this episode. Yeah. And it's an interesting treatment of like, you know, we were kids in the 90s. I, I had friends who were diagnosed with ADD. Uh-huh. And it was like a, a complicated thing even then of yeah. like, well, is this kid acting this way because he's not getting treated right at school? Or at home, is are they bored because they're too smart? Are they just like eating too much sugar? It was a really like a complicated psychological diagnosis, even in the night, or especially in the nineties. Yeah, they definitely didn't understand the extent of it, and it was applied particularly to boys and particularly yes. to disruptive or uh, unruly or you know acting out kind of boys. Where mm. we understand now that a the gender split isn't anywhere near as uh, as as severe as the people mm-hmm. treated it like back then, and also that the symptoms don't always manifest in acting out like that. Totally it's for children. Yes. So, but they are talking about the you know that yeah, Anthony might have ADD, and Tony is resistant to this for the whole episode. And it's cool that they've been able to. This episode does a really good job of putting Anthony Junior through stuff that Tony is also going through. Yes, totally, and, and in a very organic way, right? right. It's, it's not, not It's di- not forced. Completely, yes. The comparison yeah. isn't being made directly and, and ham-fistedly. It is just dramatically, naturally happening. And Tony brings it up to his psychologist, so he is also reckoning with, do I need fucking therapy or am I just, you know, boys will be boys. I think Junior yes. says that. What'll ha- whatever happened to boys will be boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's also contrasted with uh, Tony's dad, which yeah. I think all that stuff, I think um, stylistically this episode didn't date well, but in terms of the writing and what happens, it's like one of the most exciting and fun episodes we've done so far, I reckon. I really enjoyed this, yeah. In mm. terms of like, uh, yeah, exactly what you're saying, the dramatic plot line 
Mm. It's really uh, interesting and well done. So, yeah, Tony's resistant to the idea that, hey, uh, whatever, ADD, fucking psychobabble bullshit, you know, he doesn't believe it. But Carmella is very much like, okay, whatever we mm. have to look at, let's look into it. She goes and gets a bunch of books later. She's a lot more active in uh, going with the, going down the rabbit hole. Totally, yeah. She t- starts from a position of wanting to support Anthony Jr. and and figure out, you know, what can be done if, if stuff needs to be done. She's, um... She's very motherly. Yeah. And so the, the, the psychologist's like, yeah, look, he's still misbehaved and you've got to punish him or whatever, but there could be more, so we want to do tests and they kind of agree. Um, yep. Later that night, they're all having dinner together. Uncle Junior's over. Uh, the the mama's over. What's her fucking name again? I always forget it. <laughs> Livia. That's right. She would jump down my throat if I <laughs> yes. forgot. And she would also jump down. What do you reckon? Okay. So you've just come and said hi to Livia. Mm. And she's like, hello, Ben, all right. And I've done the same thing. Hello, Adam, all right. And then we walk away. What mm. do you think she says about you oh. and about me to the oh, next person yeah. she's talking to? Um, oh, God. Uh, something about being ch- uh, children. Not, they don't even have a real job. Yeah, it, it would either, <laughs> if she knew about the podcast, she'd be like, ah, yeah. it's ridiculous. They talk f- they the make people. believe they're on the radio. <laughs> I, it'd be that, or sad, I think sad boys. They make believe they're on the radio. I think I I don't know. She maybe, but I don't know if she analyzes people that closely, or if she just yeah, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy, he's fucking fat as hell. And she, I'm pretty sure for you, she'd just be like, he's a Jew, you know. Oh yes, true, of course, yeah. yeah I'm sorry right. to break it to you. <laughs> But Livia would probably be racist towards you. Because <laughs> she is this episode. A number of people are. Yes, yeah. It all fits, though. Uh, so, yeah, they're talking about at the dinner table about how Tony acted out when he was a kid as well. He got in trouble a lot. Yes, yeah. I think Junior brings it up, right? Uh, Livia brings up that he stole a car when he oh, was 10. Oh, yeah, yes. And yeah. Anthony Junior is, like, visibly... Like excited and impressed by this Yes And then Junior tells Anthony a story About how they stole the lobsters and sold them on Oh yeah, 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 yeah yeah. And Tony kind of yells at Junior for telling him Hey You're right, I I did forget that Livia Is the one that sort of uh, Immediately undercuts Tony's authority Yeah yeah, and she's the instigator again What are you talking about? No I wasn't (laughs) Um God, she is a fucking nightmare in this episode as well. God, her yeah. character is so good. Uh, so, yeah, they, they tell him that stuff and then uh, Tony yells, hey, I don't condone that sort of thing. Shut the fuck up, Junior. And Anthony Junior's like, yeah, okay, sure, you don't condone it. Mm, mm. And um, Carmela hears that, really gets under her skin and she says, well, I thought this could wait, but guess what? You can't play Mario Kart. You can't uh, watch TV. You can't sit on that internet thing. And it's for mm-hmm. three weeks and fuck you. And then, like you said, <laughs> there's a sudden downpour on his face. <laughs> yeah. This was my first laugh. So before the episode, before I'd watched it, you mentioned that there was a scene that you found to be hilarious. Yes. And I was braced for every moment of this episode to be <laughs> like, oh, this is going to be the funny scene. 
And like we've talked about this show being funny before, but I found this both a great fun episode and a funny episode too. That I was looking out for a lot of <laughs> sort of uh, yeah silly things, and this was the first one. I think. Yeah, I think I did a very good job then of undercutting the maybe most dramatically interesting episode so far. <laughs> <laughs> But that scene definitely hasn't shown up yet. We will we okay. will get to the the one. I don't. That... I don't think I'll pick it then. Just, I think I had a couple of laughs, but I don't know that I'll pick it. Oh I th- man, I don't think it stood out. But yeah, there's, maybe we'll see. There's, there's like, it's like a who's on first sketch happens halfway through this episode. Oh, maybe I do know which one it is then. Okay, let's keep going. Let's yeah. keep the listeners in suspense. So Tony and Carmela are going to bed that night, and they're like, "Holy fucking shit! What a oh, being a parent. How about this?" Mm. And um, Tony again is doubting I don't reckon Anthony has a problem And Camilla's like I don't know He does this He does that mate. Like mm. I've always thought There was kind of something Yeah that's, that is interesting That Camilla says it a bunch this episode She's always thought there was something Yeah I, Exactly And the way when, when the uh, ADD stuff is coming up It's almost like it's a bit of a relief to her To be able to put a label on Like to Yes Be getting Help with this stuff. And then they mm-hmm. move on to talking about, though, like, Jack and Anthony knows. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Because that comment, I actually found it to be not that remarkable, the one he makes at the table. Because he just says, like, yeah, sure. Which could be just, you know, petulant teen. Or it could be petulant teen who knows that you uh, don't abide by the, your own rules. You That's know, the thing. Yeah. And I think that he is saying it kind of just like petulantine as well, but it stings Carmella because she is nervous about this. Yeah, she doesn't want their authority as parents to be undercut by something that is a genuine reason to undercut their authority. And this is a sensitive thing that they're going to have to talk to their kids about. Like, they discuss maybe sitting down with Meadow and talking about it because, like, yeah, Carmella's like... Meadow's been weird. Did something happen on that that trip? And Tony's having like little brief interspersed flashbacks of her asking if he was in the mafia and him killing the guy. And Which I that was the thing that I didn't like stylistically. I think if it was done without sort of a filter, yeah. I think it would be maybe better. It would have been more um, shocking and subtle, but because it just is like a heavily desaturated sort of grainy looking uh, flash nineties flashback style yeah. flashback, it. Um, that was a little silly, but um, apart from that, a, a kind of good technique. I think it's I think it's decent for when the show doesn't have like a previously on type of thing right. as a replacement yep. for that. Uh, but yeah, I agree that it's not uh, as with a couple of things like the the period stuff later on. It's not mm-hmm. done to the you know the heights that you would expect it to be now. But again, this is the nineties. Yeah, this is one of if not the first show of its type. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think what I got out of this, and I, I, uh, I'm curious to know if you did as well, because I think it was kind of obvious. Um, Tony's very pleased that Meadow has not tried to talk to Carmela about it. He's very sure. pleased that Meadow talked to him about it, and she, Meadow, didn't then, you know, sort of spill to yeah. Carmela. It's it is something that's still between them. It's a secret. That they have as father and daughter. Right. And Carmela's like, she doesn't talk to me about anything. Of course, she hasn't talked to me about with this particular subject. Mm. But yeah, I think Tony is like uh, a little... He's relieved, at least, that, you know, he he's fucking doing another set of lies. Like, I don't know why he has to lie mm. about this 
to to Carmela yeah. like he, he's saying we should sit down and talk about it with her. So why not go? Yeah, I think she figured it out. Mm. Uh, it's uh, just in his blood or something, or it's just a habit for him at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is. It's just like no, I got to have you know these little secrets with all these different people because that's how I do my business. Yeah, but you're right that it could also be sort of like a bonding. Yeah, uh, he is talking to Melfi uh, later on and talking about this suggestion that uh, Anthony Jr. has ADD. And again, still being resistant about it to her. He's like, you know, I, but I don't know. What do you think? And he's sort of, he's less resistant uh, than he was to the doctor who he doesn't trust. Mm. He's sort of starting to consider it and then gets into, is this some genetic shit? Should I, like, I think I might maybe feel guilty about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like you said before, is is the sort of undercurrent of the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the the passed down trauma from his father, which it's not necessarily actually from his father, right? Which is kind of the most interesting thing about it all. It's like he is kind of thinking back to stuff that his father is doing and his uncle and the way he's reacting, and he's very focused on himself as a father. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yes, I think the main thing that, that's happening in these sessions is he is. Um, yeah, feeling very guilty about the fact that the way he lives his life may be passed down to Anthony. Yeah. And if there's something wrong with Anthony because he's a copy of me, then that means there's something wrong with me. Right. So what's that? But he, uh, also she's like, Hey, last time you told me you love me, what's going on there? And he's like, (laughs) that's "Eh, right. Yeah. I don't know. What am I meant to do about it? I've got a girlfriend anyway. She's Russian. She's 24. And she's like. First time you're bringing this up. Yeah. Well, you know, I needed something to make you jealous with. So, um, of course, I brought it up now. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't weaponize it previously. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he's kind of asking her for direction here more explicitly than he has been. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just ask me questions. Don't phrase them as questions. Phrase them as statements. I need guidance. I need help. He's saying, do I punish my kid or do I what? Like, what do I actually do? Because right. his, uh, his life is a bit of a mess, including his household, which he wakes up to the next day with everyone fucking yelling at each other downstairs. Yeah, the music starts blaring out because Anthony Jr. has been suspended, so he's at home. And yeah. Carmela's like, still get out of bed early. Yeah, and he's like, you didn't say music. You said no <laughs> yeah. TV. You said no yes. games. Yes. Uh, I really liked this because it... It makes that comparison between Anthony Jr. and uh, Anthony Sr. again more, uh, again, just well without drawing the line in front of you or saying that the mm. line is there because she's yelling at Anthony Jr. downstairs like, get out of bed, what's wrong with you? You're getting nothing done. And Tony's in bed and <laughs> yes. he's waking up yes. and he's getting nothing done. And she's like, like the exact same stuff that Carmella is criticizing about Anthony Jr., Anthony Sr. is doing. And Anthony Jr. finding a loophole in this grounding thing is yeah. very Anthony Senior. Right. Totally. Yeah. Or like, yeah, I found a little way around it. Ah, whatever. That the fucking cops. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. he goes and takes his Prozac. He's looking depressed and defeated, and he starts having uh, his first little flashback here with a uh, white rabbit playing. Yeah, so- yeah. Jefferson Air- Airplane is the musical through line. Yep. And... Uh, it's 1967, I think he says later. Okay. That's when the song came out. And I think he says that the, that's that's it's directly that year. 
Right. And there's a young kid version of Anthony Jr. He's like eight or nine. There's um, a younger version of Uncle Jr. Uh, his dad is there and you get a younger yeah. version of Livia. And they all do a fucking great job, I reckon. Yeah, I think they're fantastic. Ju- the Uncle Junior guy's great. It's like, oh yeah, if Uncle Junior had a bit more energy, this is exactly what he'd be like. I think Livia too. Like they're they're moving around yes. and they're talking quickly and whatever. And it, they were good enough at it that it made me think about how scary it is to age. Yeah. Tr- yes. Sure. Because yeah. like to see what you lose. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. They 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 look like. They look a lot more relatable to the age that you or I might be right now. And yes. then uh, at the point of The Sopranos where we're up to in real life or whatever, <laughs> yes. you know, they're old. And it, you, it's yeah. not separate people who turn old, who are suddenly old. People who are right. young get old. Yes. And you know this it. This is true. <laughs> but you don't let yourself believe it. And Until one day, you watch The Sopranos. All of these, sh- all this shit and all these tears that are inside of me are going to catch up to me and I'm yes. going to explode. Okay. But so it's a memory of uh, Tony seeing his dad beat up a guy on the street. Like he's going to school and everything's normal and his mum says something shitty to him and then he is walking to school, he misses the bus and right. he sees Tony and Junior beat this guy up uh, over money. Yeah, some guy named Rocco. Rocco, yeah. I think. It is um, Rocco, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, Johnny. Johnny. Um, wait, what's his nickname? They call him it later in the episode. Johnny Boy Soprano. Johnny Boy. Johnny Boy. That's right. Johnny Boy Soprano and, and Junior. Yeah, just beat the shit out of this guy. Throw him up against the shop front, and uh, yeah, really kick the shit out of him. Old-fashioned mob stuff. Totally. Yeah. Not uh, high level. They're not wearing suits, and they're not walking no. around with guns. But they're uh, they're roughing guys up. They're doing what a Christopher would be doing today. Yes. Yeah. They seem to be on that sort of sort of level there, and obviously things are different back then. So um, Tony has this memory, and then later on he's telling it to Melfi, and he's like, oh, "I had this weird memory. Uh, it came came to me the other day. I saw my dad beat this guy up, and she's sort of like trying to pick into his dad, which who they haven't really talked about at all. They've talked a lot about no. his mum. Yep, yep. We've only heard him mentioned in passing, and this is the first time we see him, which is cool. Mm. And uh, and he does seem nice. Like Tony's, like everyone liked him, and you can see that he's charismatic. You can see that. Okay, yeah. I get why this guy had people gravitate towards him. Yep. Um, and he's pretty comfortable with his dad. He's like, yeah, I saw him beat this guy up, and it like broke that illusion. But it didn't necessarily make me hate him. It made me slightly more uh, not afraid, but I think respectful. Like I don't. Tony says he yes. used the belt, and he did all of this. But he doesn't seem bitter about it at all. Not at all. No, not at all. This it, this is like this is Tony being genuinely introspective, being honest with his therapist, being honest with himself, and his feelings about his father. Even after this, are like, I was proud of him. Yeah, you know, he was doing something interesting. He was being strong. He was working hard. You know, he wasn't just some schmuck. You know, working at a grocery store like. This was cool, and yeah. I liked it, and I have no repressed issues about that. Like, exactly. it's just straight up. And he says, like, I recognize, I mean, he doesn't say it like this, but I recognize that the morals that my father held might be slightly different to what general society or you might hold, but to mm. me, they pretty much line up, because I'm like, well, why can't, he said to the guy later, why can't I hit my kid if they're doing something right. wrong? He's right. well, what what's wrong with that? And so he's like, yeah, my dad did that, but I don't care. That doesn't make me yeah. hate him. He's like, oh, he loves shellfish. 
uh, you know, <laughs> yes, saying all these yeah. things about him that are nice <laughs> memories. But he brings up the that, shelf. <laughs> the shellfish bit did stand out initially. Like, he was a good guy. He was the life of the party. He liked shellfish. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So he hit me a couple of times. But the guy liked clams. <laughs> <laughs> but he brings up the shellfish and he's like, yeah, my dad loved these crabs. He taught us how to eat these things. Mom, she wouldn't fucking eat them. Too dry or some bullshit for her. She thought, mm. wouldn't eat anything raw. And immediately yes. gets back to... The thing that I liked and shared with my dad, my mother ruined my memory of. Yes, which um, we get we get a lot of um, examples of Livia being an awful person, quote unquote, present day. Yeah, but I don't even think any of them are as bad as what we see in this episode. This is like no. her as a young woman, like happy, fa- like the family is stable. You know, like Johnny's a nice guy. They got a daughter. They got a son. They got a, yeah. another daughter, I little think, daughter, maybe? and I think a fourth daughter comes along after this flashback. With I think Tony says he has three sisters. Yeah, right. But nevertheless, Livia just fucking miserable. Like yeah, an awful, awful person. A nightmare. Absolute uh, nightmare. She, he, she even goes like, "Did it make you feel weird that he was a criminal?" And he's like, "No, everyone's a fucking criminal. Look at these oil companies. The governments are criminals." Mm-hmm. Everyone's a fucking cri- and he's not wrong. He's not. He's genuinely not. <laughs> I mean, he's more of a criminal because he beats people up, but he's yeah. also yeah. <laughs> nah. He's right. I want to do it, but um, <laughs> yeah. He like is it? Yeah. Already, that picture is getting painted of like you know what my daddy had his problems, but I liked him. Hmm. Yeah. He didn't give those problems to me. Hmm. Um. I think maybe that's where they talk about the ADD thing being hereditary or he brings it up or something. But um, whatever. Later on, they're at the Bada Bing and he's getting his other support network. Yes. In uh, Sill and uh, Pussy. Yep. And they're having a pretty frank conversation about the difficulties of being a father. Totally. Yes, yes, yes. Because what's happening with Pussy's... Because Pussy has kids. Yeah, Kevin and Matt. And he's yes, like, right. Pussy, did they ever ask you about this thing of ours? And uh, he is like, yeah, I lied to them, but they figured it out and whatever. Mm. Uh, I think Sil has some problem with his daughter as well. I mean, we've met his daughter. She, yep, he's got problems with her. It would be hard mm-hmm. to be her father. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty open and they're sharing. Yes. Christopher later yep. is like, what the fuck was wrong with Tony? He's like, he's got a lot on his mind. You take it easy on it. Like, mm. they are genuinely It's not like he friends. doesn't have... Yeah, totally. He, it's not like he doesn't have anyone to talk to. Like, there are things, obviously, that he does have to go to this therapist for that yeah. are private. Um, and, and, you know, as comes up later in the episode, having a therapist at all is needs to be a secret for him. But, yeah, yeah he, he has, like... Uh, uh, a family that are that are supportive of him, and he has friends who are open with him, and he yeah. can be open with. It's it's uh it's nice, it's and refreshing to, to the extent that he's comfortable with. You know, like he couldn't talk to mm. them about the erectile dysfunction thing, probably. But yeah, he that that is pushing him to talk about that. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yes it's probably yeah. healthy to talk about, but this is his comfort zone for sure. And they're they're not yeah. unsupportive. He's not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Christopher comes in and he's stolen a bunch of watches from like a FedEx truck stupidly and Tony's like, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. What the yeah. fuck's wrong with you? But, you know, he's he's then chastising and gu- giving guidance to his other 
son. Yes, exactly. You fuck the, the, out in the open. What are you crazy? Like this is a you know moving goods over state lines or whatever he says. Like this is a federal crime. Yeah. Like this this is a bad move. You can make other moves, but don't make this one again. So it's I will not, take the watch though. Yeah. It's not it's not like he's like, hey, yeah, run rampant, whatever, do what you want, kids. He mm. he would still enforce boundaries with his children. Yes. Yes. Let's get back to that gabagool. Anthony Jr., one of those children, <laughs> he's getting some old fashioned psychology test where he's being shown a bunch of cards and he's like, What do you reckon these are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The horse in the barn, and he's like, "Where's the guy? The guy's yeah. gone." <laughs> but I, I don't blame him for starting to just go like, "Hey, you ever seen South Park?" Because this test seems like bullshit. Totally, absolutely, yeah. I don't know what it is, but th- they really do make this psychologist guy seem like he actually isn't going to be that helpful. Yeah, completely. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but he chats about Cartman and stuff, and doesn't seem to do in quotes well. <laughs> On this test Yes And yes. Um, later sure, on Sure the if house. they're testing for ADD Him getting distracted And thinking about South Park Probably is a bad sign Yeah yep. uh, Mr. and Mrs. Soprano Thank you for coming Into the office today uh, Unfortunately We did the test And your child knows What a horse is So <laughs> uh, That's You're gonna have to Tell them about horses That's what we were Testing for right Initially he did describe it As a man bear pig But that <laughs> is A yeah. separate issue he thought it was a, a skinny cow. <laughs> uh, Carmela's got a bunch of books at home. The doctors haven't said anything yet, but she's sort of staying ahead of the curve and reading about ADD. And Tony's like, don't fucking do this. We don't even know that he's got it. Mm. And she's like, yeah, well, why not prepare? Because he's got something. And Tony's like, you reckon he got something from me, huh? Yeah, yeah. He takes a I'm bit of a I'm going to put leap. my insecurities and project them onto you, okay? But she reacts like he's not far out of the ballpark. <clears throat> right. Like, she she does say, hey, this behavior is not that different to yours. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Um, and, and they have a little argument about that. And she's like, yeah, look, if, you know, I think that might be it. But she isn't criticizing him for that, necessarily. Yes, true. Uh, but he, Yeah, because yeah, does he bring like up it. sort of like, you know, you... Is this where they sort of bring up the marriage or is that a little later on? But like... You know, the fact that, like, you... Or she's like, I know what I signed up for. You know, I came into this with my eyes open. Like... Yeah. 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 So, because she says, oh, I blame myself. Yes. Yes, so, that's right. I don't think she's talking about genes. I think she's talking about an environment that they've been raised in. Yeah, completely. And he goes to, what, well, you think this is hereditary? So, they're kind of talking about different things, but she is like, yeah, I think he gets this fucking disruptive and disobedient behavior from you. And I don't think that's crazy to suggest. Totally, yeah. A man who, like, you know, admittedly lives his life breaking the laws of society, uh, may that may have trickled down to your son. Yeah, totally. Remember when uh, you came in from fucking your 24-year-old Russian girlfriend and he was up at midnight playing Mario Kart and you just tussled his hair and went to bed? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe we haven't been the greatest parents to this kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, meanwhile, so this is the scene I was talking about. Yes, uh, yes. So Anthony- I did pick it when you mentioned the who's online, who's who's on first uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, this did strike me at the time as well. So I'm glad, I'm glad that we uh, still have the same uh, comedy taste. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So uh, Anthony Junior is part of his like you know being suspended. Uh, Carmela's like you're going to go visit your grandma while you're not going to school. 
and Livy is at this retirement home. She's looking through the death notices with a magnifying glass. Yeah, fuck. Which <laughs> the only joy she gets. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, look who's here. She's happy to see him in the way that a grandma is. You know, she's not yep. critical of him or whatever like she would be of Tony. No, just keeps and pinching his cheeks. Yeah. And she introduces him to someone called Pearl. It's like, this is my grandson. He rode his bike here. And she's like, oh, yeah. And then the second she walks away, she's like, she had a stroke, the dumb bitch. Yeah. Half her brain is gone. <laughs> Half her brain is mush. And like being able to be judgmental about someone having a stroke. Like I she know. doesn't say it like she's concerned. She's no. fucking, she's such a... She says man. it like the woman, like, did it on purpose. Like, she yeah. decided to have a stroke. Half her brain is gone. What a dumb idiot. Can you believe that? You'd never <laughs> get it from an Italian. Uh, <laughs> so they sit down to play Scrabble, and uh, Anthony Jr.'s like, nah, this sucks. I hate being here. I'm tired because I had to do this dumb fucking test. And she's like, <laughs> he's like, they took me to a psychiatrist. And she's like, a psychiatrist? And he says, a psychiatrist. She goes, <laughs> a psychiatrist? <laughs> and it goes back and forth for so long. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. What's wrong with a psychiatrist? Dad goes to one. She's like, yeah, yeah dad? A psychiatrist? Yeah, psychiatrist. No, a psychiatrist. Yeah, psych- no, no, he doesn't. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he does too. Crazy. A psychiatrist? Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. It keeps going for so long. Yeah. And then Anthony Jr. like gets a pear and starts eating it while she's crying about the fact that he, she's like, well, he probably goes to a psychiatrist to talk about me. He and goes to complain about his pair. mother. Yes, yeah. yes. It's very funny. I Great scene. Great scene. It's, it is all, it's in the delivery because Anthony yeah. Jr. just keeps being like, yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, he does. Just blank like. Yes, he does. Totally. Like a, like a disinterested sort of dumb kid as well. Like he's not. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it's a very natural way. I thought to get this movement happening of people finding out that Tony's been going to see a psychiatrist. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Because by the end of this episode, no spoilers, but spoilers a little bit, um, the ADD thing sort of gets disregarded. Maybe it doesn't, maybe it comes back, but right. you know, to an extent it does. So to have this come up, to have the unruly child, to have the reflection of Tony's behavior and to also um, further the plot plot is yeah. very, very well done. Really skillful writing. I thought so too, because why would, you know, Anthony Jr. doesn't get it. He's telling his grandma about a family thing. That's fine. Yep. Yep. And um, yeah, just like happy to be like, he's, he knows like he's a, a, a teenager without a lot of power or authority, but he knows that this is a fact. So he's yeah. not going to stop saying it. He yeah. knows it. Exactly. Uh Tony and uh, Tony's taken Anthony home from there, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. This is when they get the flat tire, right? I mean, they leave from somewhere with a school bus, but Anthony's suspended, so I don't know what's going on. Yeah, but Anthony's picked. He's taken him to the dentist, and he, he gets a flat tire because he's right. like, oh, "I told you, to pick up those fucking nails from the driveway." Mm-hmm. And uh, they get to talking while he's replacing the tire about you know what the therapist asked and uh, how it went. And Tony's like, kind of telling Anthony Jr., like, that ah, sounds like bullshit. Yeah. He's like, tell me what they said. <laughs> and so Anthony I can Jr., undercut I think, it. Yeah. But Anthony Jr. is like, 
I have, uh, you know, doctor-patient confidentiality. I don't have to tell you anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Tony asks him, like, hey, when you said that thing at the dinner table, you know, what do you mean by that? What's going mm. on? Mm. And Anthony Jr.'s like, okay, some kids at school said that maybe you're in the mafia. And he doesn't say no. He just says, well, what do you think about that? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Anthony Jr. is like, well, you know... At Uncle Jackie's funeral, there was all those guys taking photos, and I don't know. Yeah, I looked at I looked at you on uh, Megamob dot com, and you saw Uncle ja- Uncle Jackie on Megamob, but Tony wasn't on there yet. Yes, so yeah. he kind of deflects it to be like, "Well, Uncle Jackie was a complicated guy, you know. He had his stuff, but you you loved him, right?" And he's like, "Yeah." So. Even if someone's bad, maybe you have to love them. All right, Right. let's drive to the dentist. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yes, he doesn't go any further than that. Um, And that is, yeah, like you said, setting up a paradigm in which it's okay for Tony to be a criminal and still be his dad. Exactly. Uh, This is where he's telling Melfi now about um, the uh, genetic thing that he thinks it Mm -hmm. might be, that it might be sort of his fault, in quotes, that... Uh, Anthony Jr. is like this But then he's like Okay, but what about these other guys? Well, I knew this guy And he was a fucking killer But his kids, they're like lawyers or whatever Or the other right. way around And, you know, he's saying all these examples of like it, it doesn't have to mean that it's a hereditary thing Yeah But he's worried about it Right But he thinks about what Like she asked him What do you think would have happened If you'd have never gotten into this like your dad? And he's like I don't fucking know I can't imagine it And I don't really have a problem with it. I like it. I'd be selling patio furniture in San Diego. Who knows? I, don't, I think I'd be insignificant is the implication from him. Right. Yeah. Uh, she brings up that dream about the ducks flying away with the penis and that he was going to lose something in the family. Maybe the kids finding out about the mob thing. Maybe that's what he was dreaming about. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The family crumbling because of this thing that he does. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she's just... Trying to warm it, warn him, like, hey, don't disregard your memories and your experiences of being a child and finding out this stuff. History repeats if if you don't examine it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, tell me more about your dad. And he remembers Uncle Junior throwing ball to him. Yes. Yeah. He goes back into this flashback where Uncle Junior's being a nice guy. He's a friendly uncle. Like, uh, him and Johnny, they both seem like fun, awesome dudes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're out the front. They're playing ball. Um, Uncle Junior throws it at him when he's not looking. Uh, Janice comes out. I think is this the first time we see Janice? Did we see her in the previous flashback? I think this is the first time we see her because um, she she yeah she comes out and her and his dad Johnny Boy are going yep. somewhere. He he wants to yes. go but he's not allowed. Uh, Uncle Junior's been playing ball with so yeah he's got. I think Uncle Junior that thing specifically he is treating him well as a child. Mm. Because he's a child and he's not a threat yet, you know? Yeah, I think. sure. And it's still how... You you get some context for how Uncle Junior sees Tony because he was already doing his shit. Yeah. He was a proper mob guy by the time Tony was, you know, eight and yes. crying about not being able to go to the fair. Yep. So it does... I mean, you already kind of knew that, but it's, it's, it's good to be able to see why Junior would be so dismissive of Tony. Yes, and why Junior feels really justified in being in the position he is now because he has worked for it. He spent his yeah. entire life tr- like hoping to be the boss. Exactly. Um, 
and then he's he, so he's like, I felt bad. I wanted to go, and I went inside and talked to my mum about it. And he has this flashback with his mum, who God, she fucking what a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. She goes over and she like plonks some fucking food in front of a baby, and she's like, "What's the matter with her? She won't eat." And she's just walking away like she don't yeah. really care. She's just jammed it down. Why isn't she doing the right thing? Right. Tony's asking for this electric organ. And Livy is like, no, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and Tony really is like, and it, yeah, you're right. It emphasizes this um, with all of his relationships. Like he has been treated like this since he was a child. Yeah. And we are seeing him, a vulnerable, normal child, being like, can I get this electric organ for Christmas? And his mom being like, you're a devil. <laughs> Yeah, and he's doing the reasonable child thing where he's bargaining for it. He's like, you don't have to get me anything for my birthday. You don't have to get me anything for whatever other thing. This can be it. I'll I'll do these chores without being asked. And she's like, I shouldn't have to fucking ask you to take the bin out. Mm. And every every bit of it. uh, And then she's like, Tony is like, well, you get it for um, my sister. She can't. She she if she asked, you'd do it. Who he's also mentioned that the sister's cut contact. She lives in California now. Yes. She's completely. She's gotten rid of the name Soprano, which he yep. says in a different manner. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fuck, that's right. God, some of the racism just really stands out more than it probably would have in the nineties. But um... I mean, it would have at the time as well. Because these <laughs> yeah, these yeah. guys are, you know, they're over the top. But then Livia threatens to stab this baby in the eye with a fork. Yeah, and not the yeah. baby, the, but an eight year old. Uh, Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You know, <laughs> she's she's not the best. I think, yeah, he's sort of like wondering out loud, like, why I why am I remembering this? And yeah. then he's like, oh, that's right, because my mother threatened to gouge out my eyes with a you know with a carving fork. Well, he kind of dismisses that bit because he's like, ah, she wouldn't have done it. Uh, but then he's <laughs> yeah, like, right. oh, I'm remembering it because of where they were going, and so he sneaks in the boot to see where they were going. They're going to the fair. His dad is taking the daughter to the fair every Sunday, it seems like, or to this, you know, fairground thing. And he admits, like, at the time, he was heartbroken. He still remembers the feeling, the pit in his stomach that he felt when he assumed that that was preferential treatment. Right. Janice, the older sister, was closer to his father than he was. And he was just like, because he was just kind of dismissed when they left. They're like, no, no, you stay home and, you know, whatever. Um, and yeah, you're right. He's, he feels uh, absolutely heartbroken. Yeah. But then he's like, oh, but later on I contextualized it and I'm remembering it because of my son, because this is where I found out the extent of what my dad does. Cause he goes there another day. Um, he's like, we didn't confront in my family. So clearly he's just been going to watch and torture himself. Right. Um, and he, the, the reason the Johnny boy is there is they're doing some shit with like, it looks like they got a bunch of like illegal fur coats or something back there. Like they're selling crooked merchandise, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they bring it up later, but it and it's something. It's 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 the fact that he breaks parole and is associating with these guys at all is right. why Johnny gets arrested. But yeah, it just sounds like they're going to the carnival and it's a cover to meet up and do business. They're doing some crooked shit, whatever it is. Yeah. And all of these mob guys are bringing their daughters there so that when the cops come, it looks like they're, hey, we were just having an innocent night out. So I walked over here yeah. and talked to some people I knew. I brought my daughter to the fair and she's crying. Yeah. The daughter, um, yeah. Janice, 
she's upset by this and Johnny doesn't seem to really give that much <laughs> of a shit. He's like, it'll be all no. right, baby. Don't worry about it. But he's still, you know, smirking and joking around. Yeah. They arrest a clown. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's all... But so Tony sees a guy get shot in the kneecap. Yeah. This is very much where he realizes the extent of it. Uh, and then he's telling... Melfi about the plan to use Janice as a front and like have these kids be a shield like he's impressed by it totally yeah there's nothing about the way he's relaying this that in in at all implies he's upset or mad or shocked you know or taken aback he's relaying it as like this is a cool thing that happened and I got to see it and I was there and it was like yeah it was right. the first time I learned about it but it didn't affect me in a negative way but it's not that different to if a kid who had a dad with a normal job would be like, yeah, I saw my dad, you know, building a building. And I was like, wow, look at that. He was using mortar on the bricks. And right. It, it, it isn't the bit because he, he says as well, like, I went home and told my mom and she was a fucking weirdo about it. Mm. But we, he got home. We were watching Ed Sullivan. And, you know, it, it, it wasn't that traumatic for them the actual dad going to jail bit it seems like that all got kind of resolved or at least for tony well and it and sounds like johnny's got some sort of situation with the cops where he's yes. like yeah he got arrested at midday and he's out of jail by 5 p.m exactly he's yeah. greased the right palms or they know the right people yeah and then rocco's leaning out the window and yelling hey johnny boy good for you and he's got so much <laughs> he's got a bandage around his head on his nose yes. he's got yeah. a broken arm he's so beaten up he's like he's come back from the crimean war or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you see the level of respect that johnny had right because this guy he beat up was one of the people congratulating him and then he's like yeah rocky alatore uh, who comes up because, like, he, 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 Tony is saying how, like, I know, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you about how all the things my father did ruined my life, but I was proud. Like you said earlier, I was, right. he, he, it, I told people about how tough he was when he beat up that guy. Right. I don't care if that's how my son feels about me. Like, but he doesn't want his son to be like him. Exactly, yes. That's the whole, that's the crux of Tony's issue is like, I'm glad that my son, that I, I, the idea that my son would be proud of me for what I do, you, you know, is a positive thing because I do yeah. it. You know, I do it because I enjoy doing it. You know, I get satisfaction out of it. I'm good at it. Yeah. But I, I want him to be a lawyer. You know, I want right. him to be a doctor. I want him to be a, t you know, I, don't, I want him to be like my friend's kids where they go off and they know about it, but. They live normal lives. Right. He's like, I knew this guy who invented the little ties at the end of salamis and he's a fucking millionaire. My yep. kid should do something like that. Like he wants better for his child. That's natural. And he knows that this is a risky life as well. So you'd assume yep. that that would be an influencing factor. Totally. And he's like, but I don't know. Are the, are the genes going to dictate that he goes in this direction? Melfi's like, no, they're predispositions. You've still got choices within that. He's like, I don't have a choice. I'm not Peruvian. <laughs> She's like, well, I don't mean like that. <laughs> but he starts talking about having the choice to do what you want to do and has this other memory of his dad wanting to get out. Yes. yes. He wanted to go. He got this offer from Rocco who was going to go to San Remo or something and set up Reno. a thing. They're going to go to Reno, which that's Reno. what, like, my 
initial read of this as I was watching this episode was not that he was going to get out. It was that he was going to go to, you know, because Reno's like Vegas. Yeah. Um, he was going to go and like start up something there. The casino, the movie is all about, you know, the mob taking over Vegas. And I kind of assumed it was the same thing. But they, he does say like, oh, they want to start up like a supper club or something like they want to start a restaurant. Yeah, it's it sounds like uh, you know, still dodgy, still in yeah, this world. Yeah, yeah. But it would be considered more legitimate because he says to Livia later, "Dad wanted to get out." Yes, so exactly. Yeah, that's where it kind of came around for me. I'm like, oh, okay. He thought the intention was to to was to start a legitimate business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Livia's like, "No way, I don't want to move." And he's like. Oh, you like this fucking albacore around my neck, and I guess an albacore is an albatross. Yeah, it's yeah. He fucked up saying albatross. I think that's the, um, that's the tie-in to the down neck and the albatross and all that right. shit. Yeah, he's like, all right, well maybe I'll just fucking go there and take the kids with me. And she's like, I would rather murder my children than let you take them to Reno. Yep. I'd rather smother them with a pillow. Yeah. And this is uh, Tony eavesdropping. This isn't an open conversation. Uh, Because I feel like more the dad doesn't want to have the conversation in front of the kids. Yeah. Um, Tony is uh, in his pajamas and he's holding a teddy bear and he's like crouching behind a little table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do still feel feel like Livia would gladly (laughs) maybe say in front of the whole family, I would rather smother my children than take them to Reno. (laughs) I agree. And yeah. you kind of know that she means it. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't think she's being, she's obviously being dramatic. She's being, uh, you know, expressive. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she's not being kind of literal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Tony dismissing the uh, fork in the eye is Tony dismissing it. I don't think it's um, yes. it not being legit. I think she would potentially stab him in the eye. I think she would smother her children. I agree with that. I think it's Tony's way of coping with it. It's like, ah, she wouldn't have, but like, yep. yeah, she would, man. The woman yep. hates st- shellfish. Like, <laughs> how are you supposed to trust a person unless they like s- shellfish? We've, we've absolutely. absolutely established that. Yeah. So Tony has that memory. Uh, later on, Junior is going around and seeing Livia at this place. And he's like, sorry, I haven't been around. I got all these business headaches. She's like, by headaches, do you mean my son, Tony? And he's like, nah, Tony's all right. I don't know. He's he's a fucking handful, but he's going in the right direction. Like, Junior is clearly, after mm. becoming the boss, his position on Tony has eased. He's warmed a little bit. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's, he's going in the right direction. And Livia's like, well, the direction of the fucking local mental hospital, do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's... She's like, <laughs> why do you have to talk so confusingly? Say <laughs> yeah. what you mean. And then Tony comes in. Yeah. Thankfully. He he's, happens to be there as well. They all have a little chat. Mm-hmm. And to- yeah, Tony and Junior are on good grounds right now. Totally. Like, Look at him. Good boy. Comes to see his mother. Because Tony has yielded. Yes, he's back um, in the position that he used to be when they, when he was a baby. When he was a little kid. Junior's back up the top. Right. He, he's like ribbing him at dinner before. You know, everything's... The dynamic is back to the way it should be in Uncle Junior's eyes. Exactly. And he's like, your little boy is here to see you. Like, he, it's all synced back up for him. The second that Tony gets there, Livia shifts and she's like, well, he's staying for dinner. I bet you don't have the time, Junior, do you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> he's like, nah, you two should hang out. She's talking shit about how Junior's busy. 
and uh, yeah, fuck that. That was the thing that stuck out to me particularly in that scene is that they've yeah. been close confidants this entire series so far. Yeah, she's helping him. He's you know giving her information. She's giving him advice, and as soon as Junior leaves. Um. Yeah, Olivia turns on him. He's like, "Oh, he's so busy now. Oh, he yeah. doesn't know. He's a big shot. Oh, okay." She won't give anyone a fucking inch. No. But so then Junior's like, "Hey, you and me, Tony. We should catch a ball game. We should catch up." And he's like, "Yeah, great. I'd love that." And yep. then Junior leaves. Tony has a minute with his mom alone, and straight away he's like, "Hey, do you remember the Alatores, Rocco Alatore?" She's like, "Yeah. Why wouldn't I remember them?" He's like, yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> and she goes, they moved to uh, Nevada. They're billionaires now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, she, he's like, you remember your dad? That that my dad didn't want to, he wanted to go with him and set something up and she, you didn't let him. She's like, no, I don't remember that. He's like, yeah, here it is specifically. I'll say every <laughs> single thing <laughs> that happened. Yeah. she Because she's like, no, he didn't want to go. There was something he didn't want to yeah. go. Yeah. Oh, you're going to directly lie. Okay. And he keeps pressing her and he's like, no, nope, you're lying to me. This is uh, this is exactly how it happened. But what are you going to tell me? It wasn't like that. And then eventually she just kind of tries to shift and shift. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've got to get out of here. Mm. Uh, so, oh, man. And then she has a little dig where she's like, well, if it bothers you, maybe you should talk to a psychiatrist. And then Tony says, a psychiatrist? She says, a psychiatrist. <laughs> um, um, but I forget what it is specifically, but he, the end, the conclusion to this scene is him being like, geez, I mean, if you were born after those feminists, you would have been the one in the mafia. You would have been a yeah. hell of a gangster. Everybody thought dad was the ruthless one, but you were fucking, you threatened to kill his kids unless he moved. And she's like, nah. Nah, <laughs> and storms I don't remember. Away. Nah. Whenever someone accuses me of something I didn't do, I immediately storm off. <laughs> That's my response. Speaking of storming off, they go back and see the uh, psychologist here. He tells them he's got five out of the nine ADD things. Yep. Um, Tony and Carmella are both like, eh, not good enough. Carmella's yeah. like, five, that's a shame. And Tony's like, this sounds like bullshit. You're talking, you're... This isn't up to what we want. You're talking about fidgeting. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck's fidgeting? Yeah. What are and the what are the what are the five? Because it's like they are pretty um general generic normal they things. They are. Uh, difficulty waiting is turn. Um. So and he also says that if you have six out of nine, that's the baseline. Yeah. So he says that Anthony has five. He doesn't have it according to you know the whoever the governing whatever body. I think the um, thing with the uh, the the more generic symptoms that struck me was that they are endemic of um, or emblematic of a kid who's been raised by a father who breaks the rules for a living, right? It's pretty like, much all of them are about breaking the rules. You can't wait your turn. You're talking over. You know, it's like, oh, this is a kid who feels entitled. Maybe not. Probably not consciously, but yeah. just subconsciously feels entitled to do what he wants because his dad. Does whatever the fuck he wants. He acts as if driven by a motor, right, uh, right, stuff like that. I think we maybe only hear four because then he picks up the fidgeting thing. Right, right, right. Uh, they have a big problem with the fidgeting thing, and he's like, "Fuck you." He's not a case. He's a thirteen-year-old boy, and I think he's acting like a thirteen-year-old boy, and I think you're ridiculous. Mm. Tony storms off, and then Carmela's like, "I actually kind of agree." Yeah, and yeah, I don't want to pay for this. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which I didn't. Yeah, I didn't pick up on, and I, don't, I guess maybe you're not supposed to. The fact that Carmela is similarly not on board with this diagnosis. She's like, nah. Yeah. I, I was surprised that she, when Tony storms out, I expected her to stop and be like, "I'm really sorry," but yeah, she's like, "No, I, I to tell the truth, I think this kind of yeah. sounds like bullshit." And because she's prepping for something, she's definitely more on the side of, "Hey, this we we need to do something about Anthony." Yep, but it's not this for her. Yeah, and right, right. I I get why they think that. Yes. Yeah. Um. So Tony's watching some history documentary while working out. Oh yeah, this is the this is the episode that struck me that uh, Tony Soprano is me. <laughs> He's he wakes up, he takes his Prozac, he exercises, and he watches the History Channel. Like, oh man, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, big sweaty Tony's walking into the kitchen where Anthony is as well. And is there um, anything in what he's watching? I forget what uh, what specific. <sighs> It's like battleships, thing. and it's like the general didn't have this and this that he would have needed, but he did have access to these other ships, so maybe he could do something with them. So the general's in a tight spot, but he still has resources in this okay. naval okay. war documentary. Sure, I assume that th- that you know those choices are probably purposeful. Yes, I, I they don't jump out necessarily, but it's got to right. be, and it's also him like you know he's studying history, and then he turns it off midway through. The description of it too. Maybe that is something where you know history is doomed to repeat if we don't learn from it. Melfi specifically says that. Yes, and he is motoring through. He's on the go, like his son. One of those yes. diagnoses. And, and he can't uh, wait his turn. <laughs> nah, he just gets out of there. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. wait till it ends. Yeah. But Anthony Junior is doing homework and really fucking hating it. And uh, some more Jefferson Airplane plays, I believe. Yes, yes, yes. And they make some ice cream together, and it's very sweet. Yeah. Well, it's full of sugar. <laughs> oh! Oh! Someone's had their Prozac this morning. <laughs> uh, I forgot that was the end. Um, it's great. And I think maybe there is something to the history stuff of, yeah. if not the literal what's happening, the th- the giving them the, the spark of like, I don't want history to repeat itself. I, right. I'm going to make an effort to do what I can to be a positive role model for my son. Now, Tony is studying it, his history, right? Right. Johnny Boy was probably doing the best he could know to do for the time that it was taking place. Uh-huh. So it's hard to... I guess maybe the comparison that we should be making this entire episode is Tony and his mum. You mm-hmm. know, like, he doesn't want to do what his mum did. He doesn't want to be... You know, shouting and yelling in the background and, right. and threatening and, and being violent and being a domineering presence. He wants to be a warm and supportive presence. And yeah, that's definitely what the ending was. Yes. I did like it as well. I thought it was very, very sweet and, and a bit of growth for Tony. He makes, I think you're exactly right that the decision he makes here is hey, I'm going to be uh, supportive and, and, and I'm going to treat him exactly like you said with warmth rather than, uh, I think that, that, Split there is exactly what's going on. Because you don't really see how Tony actually interacts with his father. All he really says to him this episode is like, nah, stay here. I'm going with your sister to this place. And, you know, they don't have much to do with each other. Yes, that's true. Really. Yeah. But him and his mum really fucking do. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
and that's the conflict, right? Is it's like, well, I want my kid to turn out well, I guess by society's standards. Like, I don't want him to have a time hard time because of that. Yep. But I have pretty different standards to what society does anyway. And if I think those apply to me, I think they apply to my son. I think he'd be okay if he did this, you know? So it's not yes. about his son fitting into the majority of people's um, good books or whatever, mm-hmm. which they get from kind of leaving the, like, the, the psychiatrist is saying he's right on the cusp. He could go either way here. I don't know. And Tony's like, all right, well, fuck you. Let him go that way. It sounds like bullshit. Yeah, totally. Yes. Yep. Spot on. So in terms of like the establishment, Tony doesn't really give a shit if Anthony Jr. fits in that well with that or not. He wants him to be okay, but that's not the priority. And I think like if he had been diagnosed with something, then, you know, if it was a disease, they talk about polio, you know, they reference, you know, like if this is something that is um, affecting our child and can be treated or can be, you know, we can support him somehow, then we will. It doesn't yeah. sound like they were going to opt out of that. Tony, as resistant as he is to like wrapping his head around the whole thing and it being potentially genetic and all that stuff, he does seem to be willing to um, support his son if it was like a, a, a real thing. But the fact that, like you said, it's more like, no, he maybe just acts out a little bit and he's, you know, a, a rowdy 13-year-old boy. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, bend myself into this shape just because at this point in time, this therapist is saying this thing to me. Because you see Tony willingly interact with the same system. He sees Melfi, I think, three times in this episode. You see him specifically take the Prozac. Yep. So he is open to the realm of psychology because he's in it. Yes. But he doesn't think that this applies to his son, and he may not be wrong. But the main thing is how he and his son interact for Mm. him. And Mm. it shows that at the end. Yeah. Yeah, really good he episode. He doesn't want to be his mum, but he thinks yeah. his dad was all right. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I, and I agree. I, good episode. I, I, I loved it. Good music. I like the flashbacks. I like the performances in the flashbacks. And yeah, just another yeah. really um, skillfully interwoven series of uh, emotional plots. Really good stuff. The writing is still, yeah, very much a, it, that this is the, the good Sopranos writing. And then maybe technically like the the weird kind of color grading they do to the flashbacks and stuff like that it looks a little sloppy now mm. um it's a little tv looking i guess yeah yeah but it's not bad and it doesn't take no. you out of it at all no it took me out of it a little bit but i can also um view it with the context of the times that's that's sure. you know that's what we're doing here um it's interesting that um I guess I know what direction the show goes in um, to, in terms of, like, what the content of the show is. And it's we're still really, like, a very thorough, introspective, dramatic show. We're looking at character stuff. We're looking, yeah. like, uh, over and above to, the to like, a, you know, nine-to-one ratio compared to, like, mob <laughs> crime plot stuff. A hundred percent. And we're looking at Tony specifically. A lot of yes, these yes. things that have happened in this, like it's about Anthony Jr., but it's about how Tony sees himself through the little mirror of Anthony. Yes. So it makes sense that the show is doing a lot of heavy lifting here and it might change later to really establish this is who Tony is. Yeah. Yep. 
That's exactly what it's doing. And yeah, yeah his close family. Right. And I think it's working completely. Like, I Absolutely. feel like we really understand uh, a complicated mindset of a person who doesn't want to talk about his feelings. And even though they've put him in a psychiatrist's office to talk about his feelings, he refuses to half the time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You still have to pick through the layers of um, him repressing stuff, him lying about stuff, and yeah. him eventually being vulnerable about it. So, yeah, it's... um. It's a good show to talk about. Agreed. We'll do another episode. <laughs> yes, we'll be back next week to talk about episode eight. Um, thank you to... Oh, we got a little, uh, I think, an Instagram comment from someone who lives in New Jersey saying oh, how, yeah. funny, how funny it is to hear us talk about New Jersey only through the lens of this show because it must be very, very different. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I'm very... Yeah, cool to hear from someone who like lives in the area or lived in the area and sort of knows the vibe of the place. I guess it'd be like if you just watched like season one of Underbelly, what you yeah. would think Carlton was like. Yes, spot on. Uh, just like one big street covered in Italian restaurants. <laughs> yeah, when I like you, you don't have the context of when I think about Carlton, I, th- I think about the Woolworths there. Right, it's underground. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You think got about a basement um, Woolworths. What's that bar with the weird name that was near your old house? The uh, s- started with an S. The something. The. S- uh, I don't know which one you're talking about. It had a a weird name. (laughs) (laughs) I I believe you. (laughs) I think about the cinema. I think that's what I think about. Yeah. And we'll think about the... the, I'm going to go on Google Maps of New Jersey, actually, and walk around by the next episode, maybe. I'll forget. Okay. We end this recording, which is what we're doing now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. We'll see you next week. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.